of how she and we will all grow up into God's love. Oh, church family, what a glorious day, huh? Amen. Um, We are going to be looking at 1 Timothy chapter 4, and it's on page 1846, if you're using the Bible in the chair there. And so, as Pastor Dave said, ordination, continuing on in a charge to not only Pastor Jalisa, but to all of us here from God's word. And so we're in a sermon series on growing up into Christ. And so developing his characteristics and um, his who he is being displayed through us. And so um, today we look at growing up into love, growing up into Christ, and um, we read these words from 1 Timothy 4, starting with verse 12. Don't let anyone look down on you because you're young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to preaching, and to teaching. Do not neglect your gift, which was given you through prophecy when the body of elders laid their hands on you. Be diligent in these matters. Give yourself wholly to them so that everyone may see your progress. Watch your life and doctrine closely. Persevere in them, because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. This is the word of the Lord. And thanks be to God. And so I want to begin by telling you a little story. And I'm just going to tell you a couple of stories of conversations that happened in my home this week. I've got permission to share them. All right. So, um, all right. So uh, it was the other morning, and I start thinking about our daughter and um, that she is going to Traverse City after work on Friday driving in the dark by herself, and um, I start thinking, they got more snow up there, I think, than what we got down here. And so I grab my phone and I text her, and I'm like, Kaylee, take your snow boots, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. And she's like, Mom, I've got them. And I'm like, I'm sorry, honey. It's just, I just started thinking about it. And she's like, you'll always be my mom. And anyway, and it's like, yes, because, you know, you send messages when you love somebody. And when you think that there's an outcome that might not be so favorable and you could avoid, you send a message. And Jalisa and church that we love and we've poured into Pastor Dave and I, as we thought about what would the word be for today, we together had a sense that this passage of scripture would be very fitting for you, Pastor Jalisa, and for you, church and guests. The Lord loves us, and he sends some directions, some commands, if you will. Because Paul loved Timothy, and he had poured into Timothy And as he sat in jail and he thought about Timothy, he didn't send just a text message, just a personal note-to-note person. It was like he posted it on Facebook 
like it was a public message, but directed towards Timothy with some commands. And these commands flow out of a relationship that Paul had with Timothy, and it was one of love. And so I've got a couple of little, um, oh, what do you call these things again? Lakes. Yeah, sermon props. Thank you. That's why we co-pastor together. He helps me think of the words that I can't think at the moment. Um, Sermon props. You are loved. Paul loved Timothy, and he sent some commands because he saw some things that he wanted to make sure that Timothy thought about. But it comes out of love. These directions come out of love. And so, Jalisa, you are loved. And so, hear these not only from the love of Pastor Dave and myself, hear these from the love of your Heavenly Father. Do not let anybody look down on you. Now, you and I might know that we can't control what anybody else is doing in this room, and so that seems like a little bit of a weird command, except that it's really just get over any insecurities about your age. And I know that you've said before, you know, I'm young enough that I could be some people's daughter and some people's granddaughter in this church. And yet, when the Lord calls, he calls who he chooses. And he sovereignly chose David, the youngest. And he said, you're going to be king. And he looks and he calls Gideon, and he calls Mary, and he's called you. He equips you. He's with you. He was with you in your classes exam. When those of us afterwards, the representatives, the delegates there were like, we could have just sat here and, and gone on. We wanted to hear more of what she was sharing. The Lord equips you. And so don't let anybody trip up any insecurities in you. Actually be secure. And church, be secure. Whether you're old or young, God has called you. And he'll equip you. And so don't get insecure about your age or anything else because he will provide. Then we look at um, verse 12 here. And he says, set an example for the believers in speech and in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. Set an example. Paul knew that leaders set a culture and set an example that then impacts the culture of the congregation. And so leaders need to embody the kingdom of God, and then congregations we need to grow up into and embody the kingdom of God. And so Paul calls Timothy to set an example In speech and in conduct, when we put those two things together, it's really, he's saying, in all of your life, recognize that you're setting an example. And you're setting an example in love. You're to be the embodiment of love. You're to be the embodiment of the one who is love. An author wrote, you really can't go to a dictionary and just look for the definition of love. To really find the definition of love, you need to look to the person and the person of Jesus. And so, as you look to be an embodiment and set an example in love, and as we look to set an example in love, we look 
to Jesus. Jesus who loves unconditionally. Jesus who is other-oriented rather than selfish, looking to the best of others. Jesus models this loyal love, and we are looking to set an example. Let his life shine through us so that it's goodwill in action. So set an example of love. And then we see this command, and remember these commands, these directions are coming out of love. And as I look at verses 13 and 14, until I come, devote yourself to the public teaching Public reading of scripture to preaching and to teaching. Do not neglect your gift, which was given you through prophecy when the body of elders laid their hands on you. I believe if I would synthesize and summarize that, it's this command. It's this text message to you today, Pastor Jalisa. Take God's grace seriously and treat it as precious. God's grace. He says these things, devote yourself, give yourself wholly, don't neglect, be diligent. What are you giving yourself over to? His love and his grace. And the first thing he raises is make sure that there's the reading of this scripture. This scripture, his self-revelation from Genesis to Revelation, this scripture For them, there were a few copies of this scripture. And I think what would it, it would have just blown their minds to think that we would have the privilege today, church, to have God's word in every one of our homes, on our phone apps, available. Devote yourselves to reading it personally. Devote yourselves to reading it here and in committee meetings that you'll lead and in pastoral care appointments and in conversations going down the street, and when you're at Burger King or Panera or whatever, pull out your Bible app if you don't have the scripture on your heart already. Go and pull out that scripture. Let your pastoral counsel have scripture elevated, and then come and teach and preach what this says. Do not do what the world is doing and what actually was happening I think in this church in Ephesus, which was people were taking bits and pieces, twisting things and teaching heresy. You don't come up with a philosophy and then try to find something in here to support it. You come here and come under it. And then you've got something to preach and teach about because then you've got the truth. You've got the power of God's word. And so, church family, we read this scripture And we encourage one another in it. Use your spiritual gifts of grace. Pastor Jalisa, you have been given preaching gifts that we marvel at. When you teach, we say, say more about that. Is it really already time for this to be over? This is a gift of grace. And again, you can't do this, but this is God working through you and activating and and, um, energizing the gifts that he's already given you. 
don't neglect these gifts. Never neglect these gifts until you come running down the aisle into the sweet arms of the Heavenly Father. Don't neglect these gifts. And church, we've been given gifts. We all are to proclaim. We're to embody and proclaim God's kingdom. We may not necessarily have preaching gifts, but maybe some of them need to be developed here, and you even need to recognize that maybe you are called. Oh, it happened to me. It could happen to you. All right? Just saying. But there are other gifts that we've been given, whether it's mercy or serving or generosity or whatever it is. These are expressions of God's love, of his grace, to make his love known to the world. Let's not neglect our gifts. Will we commit to doing that? Will we obey this command? All right. And then expect progress. It came really um, evident to me this week that the Holy Spirit in us, God living in us, changes us. He sanctifies us. We're, can I just say I'm a piece of work? <laughs> and you're a piece of work too? <laughs> we are all clay being molded and shaped, being grown up into Christ. And there was a conversation that was happening this week where people were sharing stories about high school and college and laughing and telling fun stories. And they said, what about you, Gina? And I just said, no. You know, and they're kind of like, that was a really socially awkward thing. And anyway, and I'm like, no, I don't have anything to say. And I thought, what in the world? So I went home that night. and I'm like, why did I do that? Lord, why did I just, that was really awkward. And then I remembered, and I thought about it. And I thought, everything that I think about, about those high school years and college years were sinful and they were sad. And I processed this with my daughter and I said, I've never been happier and I don't think I've ever been holier than I am right now at this age. God's been working in me. Jaleesa, you're not the same person that you were four years ago. God's been working in you. Are you the same person that you were four years ago? Has the Lord been working in you? We're expecting progress because he's faithful that what he starts he'll bring to completion And we celebrate it, and actually we're signs and signposts to the world that as our lives are being changed, um, Billy, I heard you praying about this, about being a man of God. We're changed. We're transformed. Vic, we're changing, right? We're transforming. Yes? Yes? And so the Lord is shaping and forming his character, his love in our lives. So expect progress. And then this. Let's just go back to this verse 16. Watch your life and doctrine closely. Persevere in them because if you do, you'll save both yourself and your hearers. Well, let's just state this right away. God's the one who saves. We don't. All right. But he's saved and we're being saved. He delivers and we're being delivered. And so we're in we're works in progress. And our lives are to be signposts. And if there was ever a time in history to watch your doctrine closely, 
Jalisa, watch your life and your doctrine closely, your thoughts about who God is, about who humans are, about what the future is, about what he says about marriage. Watch your doctrine closely and watch your life closely because how you think about things is how you live into your life. And that's what everybody else is watching and will follow, those that are following, that you're serving and leading. And church, watch your doctrine closely and watch your life closely. And when this says watch, it uses this Greek word, ep echo. Ep is on and echo is to hold. And so to hold on, and actually when it put it together, ep echo, hold on tightly, grasp. And I just loved what Rick Renner said as he talks a little bit about this verse. He says, hold on tightly, because Paul was writing to Timothy, leading the largest church in the world at that time. And he's a young man, and there's a lot to do. And we're in the inner city context, and we've said before, no matter how many people the Lord sends us, there's always more work to do. Right? Yes? Can I get a witness? Yes. All right. And so hold on tightly to your life and your doctrine. And what he says that could be a paraphrase is make your own spiritual life a priority or don't get so busy that you forget that you have spiritual needs too. watch your life. We start out in the spirit and you say, yes, I can't do these things without the spirit's empowerment. But then we can start to live as if we're separate from God and not walking in step with him. And there's more to do and there's more to do. And pretty soon we're so busy. And whether we're so busy, elders and deacons and church members, if we're so busy doing ministry or if we're so busy in life, either one of those things can get raised up as an idol in our lives. Love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And then love your neighbor as yourself. And so don't neglect, I would go back to Revelation, don't neglect your first love. Watch your life and doctrine closely. And don't neglect your first love. Cultivate this love. How do you love except that he first loved us? We love him because he first loved us. So go back and remember how much he loves you. Go back and remember... Why Christ came as a little baby, humbling himself, and then he laid down his life on that cross. And then he went into the tomb, and he went and proclaimed into hell, and then he just, he's raised, and he's ascended, and he sits ruling and reigning until the fullness of his image is on and resets all of creation. And remember this great, great story that you're in, that he's called you, And that he loves you. And again, I want to go back and say, these commands are coming out of love. And it could sound like, okay, but I need to make sure that I'm not letting any insecurities come up. And I'm setting an example. And I'm going to read scripture. And I'm going to make sure that I'm preaching and using my gifts. And I'm going to watch my doctrine. And it can sound like a lot of moralisms and a lot of like, whoa, that's an awful lot, a big tall order. Accept that, Christ in you, and you in him, and you are abiding in him. And together, together, you're living 
in grace. And then you're walking in love. Walking as the beloved and walking in love. And so a book, Live in Grace, Walk in Love by Bob Goff. 365 little devotionals to help you remember in this first year of your ministry. And maybe you'll like to use it in other years. But you're doing this in him and him in you. And in this love relationship, his love shaping you and changing you. And then you offering his love and telling of the good news and the hope of Jesus. You are loved. Live in grace. Walk in love. And how do we live in grace? Except that we ask and we pray. And he pours out his grace and his Holy Spirit as we pray.